really got to try on that left hand side. What happened? <laughs> oh, but I've gone up and over, and Marty had over biscuit. It was a, uh, it was, a, it wasn't enough stability there for myself. But um, no, I was busting for a bit of meat this game. It didn't seem to work out. Hello, cheers, and welcome, welcome to the Scrum of the Earth, the podcast that offers news, analysis, predictions, and all things rugby union. I'm David Lawrence, and as always, thank you so much for tuning in. Please get in touch. I'm easily accessible at of Scrum or via the Scrum of the Earth at gmail.com. So drop me a line about whatever, whenever, and however you like. So here at the Scrum of the Earth, we do have a specific format, and it goes thusly. We do current updates. That's what's up with me personally. We do news, what's happening around the world of rugby. Thoughts of the week, formerly things to chew on, and as I say every single week, uh, getting to talk about an idea or an issue that you, the listener, have will make this segment that much more interesting. Um, the rest of the pod is about what I think, so let's hear what you think. So then next we do reviews and previews, what happened this past week and what will happen the next. Uh, in between those two segments will be my newest little bit, my diamond in the ruck, essentially my player of the week. So, my friends, that's it. Let's dive right in. <laughs> So current updates, so we have a friend who's getting married in New Orleans in mid-October, just about a month from now, uh, less than that now that I think about it. Um, it's just so hard to know what to do. You know, Apart from all the COVID stuff, the city itself is kind of in shambles. There's literally millions of people who still haven't gotten power back yet. Uh, it seems like her intention is to go ahead as planned. Um, I can't really blame her. As the father of a, a five-year-old and uh, the son of aged parents, it, it seems like a terrible idea. But uh, on the other hand, she's a dear friend. Uh, it's obviously a once-in-a-lifetime thing, and I don't want to be the one to say no. You know what I mean? So, ugh, the world these days, right? Okay, and on to the news. So in case you hadn't heard, the Connacht women's rugby, uh, rugby team was subjected to absolutely abominable conditions for their most recent match. Um, they were quite literally forced to change next to the stadium dumpsters uh, and change alongside the rats that inevitably accompany such locales. So from what I understand, at least one player sort of documented all this nastiness and then availed herself of social media to make the point that this is unacceptable. And uh, the response was pretty swift and seemed really positive. The governing bodies seemed to indicate their contrition and invited the women to come and share their experiences and have a sort of a frank, open conversation about it. And then, less than a day later, uh, the message became, uh, sorry about that, we're not going to meet with you, and please uh, don't complain about us on social media anymore. It kind of makes us look bad. You know, the, the whole thing is obviously a huge mess, and I would argue that it's not the social media posts that make them look bad, it's the fact that things are like this in the first place. So I'm very keen to find out where this goes, because right now, at every corner, women's rugby is just being sort of shunted aside, and when they ask legitimate questions, the answer is always silence, it seems. So it feels we're right at the edge of something positive coming out of all this, and frankly, whatever it ends up being, you know, it's... It's a little too little. It might, might, might be a case of too little too late. It just seems like a shambles right now. and uh, I don't know where it's going to go, but I, I hope it's somewhere good. Thoughts of the week. Uh, since I haven't gotten any rugby suggestions, I'm just going to go ahead and punish you listeners by using this segment to talk about my Patriots and their resounding victory over the Jets today. So, uh, I didn't even think we looked particularly good, but four interceptions, man. So granted, two of those were tipped, 
just the random, oh, there's a ball in front of me. I think I'll grab them. Uh, but the other two were pretty seriously skillful. So even without Gilmore out there, which I think it's going to be a while, our defense still looks really good. And I have officially taken my first step on the, the Mac Jones road. So uh, bully for us, eh? Okay, it's time for the reviews and previews. And of course, we'll start with the reviews. So let's start off with the Scottish Super Six Um the Southern Knights defeated Watsonians 25-8. to I discussed that in the last bonus pod. Uh, then Sterling County went on to beat my hapless Bears 27-23. to That one seemed like it could have been close, maybe a chance, but kind of skipped, uh, lost a chance that time, I think. Uh, as I was actually recording this, the Super 6 website still hasn't caught up with the other results, so I'm not sure what happened in that other fixture. Uh, but... It, Oh, I will say it's been really fun watching. I'm hugely grateful to Scottish rugby for this. It's just it's been kind of awesome to have this extra little bit of bonus Friday rugby, especially. Okay, and then over in the NPC in New Zealand, heating back up over there in that competition. Um, of course, on the bonus pod, I did cover Taranaki versus Wellington. That was a, a victory by Taranaki, 32 to 26. In the other matches, though, Waikato played Canterbury and just oh, just lost 19 to 20. Controversial ending there. I, I did watch the, the second half of this one. It felt like the kicker for Waikato was really jobbed there at the end. It was very strange. The whole scene, I, it was hard to tell exactly what happened. And then felt like the ref was like, get me out of here. Uh, anyway, Northland at home lost 29 to 48 to Tasman. And uh, there was also the, the Battle of the Bays, the Hawks Bay versus the Bay of Plenty. And I don't know the score of that one because I am saving it. By the way, where are the crowds? Like, this is really good rugby, and it's in New Zealand. Like, I would expect that these places would be packed. I'm very confused by that. If any of my Southern Hemisphere listeners uh, want to comment on that, please let me know. I'm really curious. Okay, then, over in the boringly named rugby championship, whew, we saw the Wallabies again shock the Springboks for the second week in a row. Uh, they won even more convincingly. I covered this on the, the bonus pod, but I'm still in awe of this, this, these two performances. Uh, more of how wrong I was about it or and trying to wrap my head around what this might mean for the Wallabies. It's really it's hard to process at this stage. Um, and speaking of which, I have no idea what box fans must be thinking right now. They must be, I don't know, next, next weekend is going to tell us a lot. Um, after that, we saw the All Blacks Looking a little bit off the boil, uh, but nevertheless, fairly easily taking down, once again, Las Pumas. Uh, it wasn't actually that exciting to watch the slow burn on this one, but somehow the, the success of the Wallabies just makes this whole tournament seem so much more interesting, so much more compelling. Uh, going into next weekend, it's just uh, it's looking like a really cool comp at this stage. And then, of course, we saw the full return to the Premiership with full crowds and everything. Uh, so much action, so much emotion throughout the league this weekend. It, it was it was pretty exciting stuff. Uh, however, I got to say, and we talked about this on the pod just recently, one of the weird quirks of rugby is international duty. So while the Prem is super geared up for their new season to start, the fact is they're missing a ton of their star power. Uh, to me, that really showed in the quality of these matchups. Um, it was nice to see some new faces and stuff, but it was you know really noticeable that the big names weren't out there. It's a strange setup, and I'm not sure how good it is for their product. But you know, if I was an executive for the Premiership, I'd be having some serious discussions about the international windows and just what those rest periods mean and how these schedules might uh, coordinate a little better. It's very strange right now. Seems a little, this opening weekend should have been a huge deal, and instead it was just a little bit meh. 
Uh, in the bonus pod, I did talk about Bristol versus Saracens. Uh, moving on from that, Leicester played Exeter, and and sure enough, uh, like I'm saying about people being absent, it did not look like the Chiefs who the, the Chiefs who won last year. Um, so, so I made a note here. Nick Dolly's second try made it 32 to 12 just before the 70 minute mark, and uh, the Chiefs are really missing their internationals. Eh? Um, Ford made it 34 to 12 after that, and uh, they let another one in at the death. Uh, oh, I'm I'm sorry. Uh, Lester let one in at the death, so it ended up being 32 to 19 at the very end. Lester looked really good. I'm already starting to regret my uh, not picking them for my dark horse. Um, that also does mean, after only the second match of the weekend, my predictions from last week cannot be right. <laughs> so that's that's why I don't gamble, or I guess that's one of the reasons. Uh, anyway, uh, Northampton took care of Gloucester. I wasn't surprised by that one. It was 34 to 20 in the end. Uh, they are my dark horse pick. They looked in. They looked pretty good, despite the fact that I've never seen several of them before in my life. Um, Worcester, I think, surprised everybody, beating London Irish 36-24. Um, it was interesting, too. The, the comms said something about, quote, a far more emphatic... I, I love the, the... I'm doing this, this kind of accent for the announcers for some reason. Uh, a far more emphatic victory than last season. Uh, apparently, this was a rematch from opening weekend last year, and uh, I looked it up, and indeed, Worcester edged them out by a single point, 11-10, to um, I think I've mentioned I live near a city called Worcester, so I always kind of want them to do well. Uh, the city and the team seem in roughly the same shape right now. Uh, Sale uh, did manage to hold on and win 20 to 19. Um, it was a tough ending there. The Bath could have taken it at the end. Uh, I, I wrote down tough end for the teenage number 22, um, but all the support around him right afterwards. It was it was pretty cool. It was one of those. Uh, I guess that was one of those rugby value moments. It was nice to see though. The kid was crushed. Uh, Newcastle versus Harlequins. Danny Kerr, he is like a god on the field, but he also has the look of a guy who's about to give like three different kids rides home after the game. Um, and by the way, what's the deal with this? Newcastle have one of those pitches that look like like a like a velour shirt sort of stretched tight over a cooling rack or something. It's really weird. I always expect somebody's foot to just go pop right through it, and it would be like ah. Uh, anyway. The uh, the Quins did win in the end. It was twenty to twenty six. Um, there's already going to be some talk about bonus points and losing bonus points. And man, oh man, you know, with all these permutations with an and a twenty two match schedule, it is just a hugely complex league. And to me, that's one of the things that makes it so good and so compelling. Whew, holy cow, that was a lot. Okay, you know, thanks for going through all this stuff with me. It's it's pretty great. Um, if you thought that was a lot, though, so do not forget, the United Rugby Championship starts its uh, quasi-inaugural season this Friday. So the uh, the pod is about to get uh, densely populated, let's say. So thanks for helping me to figure out how to make my coverage better and better in each and every week. Um, anytime you like, shoot me an email at thescrumoftheearth at gmail.com. And I'm also always, as you know, at of Scrum on Twitter. Thanks so much. Okay, that brings us to this week's Diamond in the Ruck. And this week, from the victorious Wallabies, Taniella Tupo is the pick. Tupo, uh, if you saw him, you, you've got to... I'm sure you'll agree with me. He was just amazing during this match. He was just blowing people up on one side of the ball while absolutely driving for so much extra space, so many extra yards. 
uh, rugby pass referred to him as a meter eater, which <laughs> I love that. And I, I can't believe I've never heard that phrase before. Like uh, all this time watching rugby, I've never heard anyone called a meter eater. That seems bizarre to me. Um, but Tupo, he, he, he brought so much energy. He was absolutely critical to the Wallabies' ability to close it out there, especially at the end defensively. He was just a joy to watch. Um, you know, players like him just, they come out of nowhere. I mean, obviously, if you've been watching Australia, he's not out of nowhere, but a performance like that is just eye-popping, and you don't exactly see it coming. And he actually hadn't even been starting. This was his first start, and he has earned that jersey big time. Uh, so, Taniela Tupo, you are this week's Diamond in the Ruck. Okay, we've done the reviews, and now it's time for the previews. So, of course, it is week two of the Gallagher Premiership. Um, I have posted that schedule on my Twitter, at of Scrum. It has some pretty cool little matchups, uh, even early on in the season, it's so funny in the NFL. It's always like one week happens and everyone's overreacting. I feel that way with the Prem right now. They have 22 rounds and I'm like, wait, this is critical. Uh, anyway, it, it is kind of interesting. I have picked the away team to win in three out of six cases. So we'll see if I can get it as wrong this week as I did last week. Uh, so we also have the penultimate weekend of the rugby championship with finally, finally at long last, our chance to see the All Blacks play the Springboks. This is obviously, in my opinion, at least the, the top two teams in the world. Maybe England's in the mix still. Uh, hard to know for sure. I guess I could look it up. I guess it's not that hard to know. Uh, but this will be the first time these two teams face since the pool stages of the 2019 Rugby World Cup. Man, this should be good. I honestly don't know who to pick at this point. But I'm going to say New Zealand by a try just because that trader Tom Brady supports the Springboks. Um, I also see the Wallabies romping over the uh, the Argentinians. Um, if the Argentinians bounce back and beat Australia, that's just going to throw the whole competition into a huge cloud of confusion, don't you think? Like, the, the transitive property will be working overtime in that case. Uh, we will, of course, also have more Scottish Super 6. It's really the final stages of that competition. I think there's just the two weeks left. And we have a full slate for the NPC. Uh, for both of those leagues, uh, I will do my previews on Twitter. So be sure to check that out. And, of course, this weekend represents the opening round of the brand spanking new United Rugby Championship. And I admit, I'm actually pretty excited about it. Um, there are obviously more teams this year. So it looks like it'll be difficult for Benetton to repeat their championship. So, by the way, I know everyone is... Uh, you know, throwing shade at that particular title and just saying, ah, last year was a throwaway. If I was Benetton, I would feel 100% okay with that title. It was super well-earned in a really weird year. Like, yeah, it was a really strange result that nobody saw coming, but um, any of those teams that you predicted could have taken it from them and nobody did. So they are the champions and that's the way it is. So things do kick off again on Friday. We end up with opening up the brand new season we're going to see Zebre playing the Lions. We're going to have Ulster versus Glasgow. And we're going to have Cardiff versus Connacht. Uh, the Cardiff versus Connacht. I'm I'm keen for that one. And uh, Ulster versus Glasgow as well. That I got to say, uh, Connacht are kind of my team in this league. I just There's something about those guys. They seem underfunded and under-everythinged. And yet they just have so much fight in them. They're just a, a great team to support. Also, watching them play at home in, in Galway that with the the ocean the bay in the background and you know the seagulls overhead it's just uh it's one of my favorite places to watch rugby then on saturday 
We do have, have, as I said, the current champions, Benetton. Uh, They will be playing the Stormers. Leinster, the best non-English team in Europe, will get a chance to prove that against the Bulls. Uh, Edinburgh will be at home to meet the Scarlets. I'm expecting Edinburgh to to win that one, though their team is in a little bit of disarray right now. Um, I'm actually going to be talking to somebody from the Scottish uh, Rugby Blog podcast about that very soon, so stay tuned. Uh, Munster, by the way, it's funny. I was just having a conversation about the Munsters versus the Adams family today. Uh, I don't know if that has anything to do with this. Uh, but in any event, it's going to be a tough challenge. Uh, the, the, the Munster are going to be facing the Sharks. They were particularly bristly in the Curry Cup. Um, Werner Koch, especially, uh, really mixing it up out there and looking good doing it. Um, he could be tr- that, This team could be trouble for Munster, but uh, Peter O'Mahony might have something to say about that. And finally... Then on Sunday, we have Dragons versus Ospreys, and, well, that kind of ends the weekend with a bit of a whimper rather than a bang, I would say. I'm not expecting much of a fun contest that time. (laughs) Imagine if it rains, too. Like, when you get some of these kind of dud Welsh matches, frankly, and then it also pisses down rain and the final score is like three to nothing, whoo, this has potential for some stink. But um, on the other hand... I'm excited to watch. I, I, I'm not lying. It's really, it's going to be really fun. So my game to watch of the weekend will be, as I kind of alluded to, Cardiff versus Connacht. They are my heart team. As I said, they're always the team that's going to seem like an underdog, but they just kind of come through every now and then based on entirely on emotion. Uh, and as I, as I said, watching them home is just magical. Um, in fact, I might have to put them in the opening to the pod from now on because there was no no uh, Pro 14 or URC team in the list yet, and I'm already going with like Bormir Bears. So, yeah, yeah, okay. My clan connect. This is the tip here. This is the new era of them being added to the list of teams I support, and uh, I think they're going to win this weekend even without Bundiaki, which is I assume the case. So that definitely does it for this week. Thanks as always for listening. It's just so much fun. Please, please reach out with your questions, your ideas, your feedback. I am at of scrum. I can always be found via the scrum of the earth at gmail.com. If I could ask you one favor, it would be to leave me a five-star review wherever you get your podcasts. It really, really helps. Or I would assume so. Uh, I'm told it helps. Hint, hint, (laughs) hint. Kidding, knocking. So stay tuned. As I mentioned, uh, there will be yet another bonus ep this week, and it should be another lovely and lively little chat. I'm really looking forward to that. That'll be coming very soon, once again. And as always, thank you for listening. Cheers. Talk to you soon. And be well. It gives me great pleasure to be here today. Oh, it does, Nate.